Man, yeah, welcome to that dead jocks or trades. We're going to read about them comics. I can't do a Cajun accent. We've been over this multiple times. I can do almost every other accent that is possibly equally insensitive to that culture, but I can't do. Your, yours is acceptable enough to be on TV. That's a good point. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting the newest comic duo, Davis, a dabbler in many disciplines with a voice that can soothe and persuade. Mike, a fanatical specialist with a mouth like a bullhorn, fueled by strong opinions and a compulsion to share them with microphones and comics in hand. They are Jacks of Trades. Hey everybody, I'm Mike. And I'm Davis. And this is Jacks of Trades. On Jacks of Trades, we read, review, and rate trade paperbacks and graphic novels from major and indie comic publishers. We're not experts, we just like hanging out and talking about comics. What's up, Davis? Nothing much, Mike. Nothing much. I um, uh, had a good day so far. What's your new shirt? I, I got a new shirt, got a new pocket knife. Feeling good about life, man. Feeling good about life. How are you doing today? How's, how's this day been for you? Eh, it's, it's all right. It's all right. Um, ready to... Uh, to get another one in the can for the fans out there. Oh, absolutely. Especially because you're going you're, you're to be international Mike for a couple of weeks. I know this is all digital, but can you at some point put it in some form of can so what I just said is accurate? What? So we're going to put this one in the can, but there are no cans anymore. But can you just like put a USB drive in like a soup can for a couple minutes? Yeah, I can do that. Cool. Cool. Don't make me a liar, Greg. I got a coffee can if you can't do that, so that's fine. So today we are doing one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Talked about him before. Absolutely. Uh, so let's see how I felt about this book. We are doing Saga of the Swamp Thing, book one. Let's see. By Alan Moore. Now, a little bit of history, a little bit of statistics. Yes, please. Enlighten me. This is published uh, by DC under the Vertigo imprint. It was an ongoing. Uh, this particular volume from 1982 to 1996. Damn. Uh, they, that's a long run, dude. Well, it's not, not all Alan Moore. Just this volume. Oh, okay. You okay. Know. They dropped the uh, the saga of the, at issue 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan Moore's run was only from 83 to 87. That's that's still a good four-year run. And this man. particular book uh, spans 83 and 84. Okay. Not in total. It's only eight issues. So our creators, our writer is Alan Moore. Um, y- you know who Alan Moore is. Watchmen, V for Vendetta, Killing Joke, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Pretty much everything that was massive and impactful in the 80s and 90s. And has been made into a movie. Oh, yeah. Lots of movies lots. of Alan Moore stuff. I heard he's actually a wizard, too. Maybe. Kind of. If you want to know what he looks like, we already talked about this one time. He looks like uh, Spider-Jerusalem at the beginning of Transmet Book 1. Absolutely. A lot of hair, a lot of beard. Yeah. Yeah. Our uh, artist, Stephen Bissett. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably BC, but we're not, you know, you know how America does You're French words. You're not that French. It's fine. Yeah. Um, he's done a lot of work, but this is really only his, uh, his noteworthy kind of, kind of work. He's, a, he's, he's, uh, more of a, um, kind of like a, a journeyman in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been on a bunch of teams, never quite been a star at any point, but he's always, he's been working for a long time. Yeah. Made solid it to Canada work. a couple times. Yeah. Solid work. To back it up. Swamp Thing, created by Len Wein. We talked about that before. The actual story Swamp Thing, the actual comic series, was out of print for a little while. Right. Up until 1982. What happened in 82, Davis? Uh, uh, two years before 1984. No. What uh, happened in 82 relevant to Swamp Thing? Um, uh, it came back. No. Wes Craven made a movie. Oh, 
Yes. That's right. In 82, Wes Craven made a Swamp Thing movie, yeah. so they revived the book to kind of try and ride that a little bit. Oh, I like uh, that. While, while the movie had, you know, mixed reception, it's become a cult classic. Yeah. Uh, like but, The Toxic Avenger. Yeah. But, or but, The Room. But they, they wanted to um, bring this book back. So the original writer was not Alan Moore. Yeah. Uh, I didn't write that guy's name down because no one really liked his story. It was all right, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't really the swamp thing we kind of know and love. It was just like your standard uh, monster comic. Nothing crazy, nothing special, nothing different than anything else anybody else was doing. Kind right. of, kind of more older, tireder tropes, like stuff you'd see right. from the old, like easy horror books and stuff like that. Yeah, kind of a creature from the Black Lagoon ish. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, Alan Moore, he is relatively unknown at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was writing V for Vendetta and Miracle Man as strips in the English comic 2000 AD. If you were unfamiliar, they were actually strips. I am unfamiliar, but that sounds yeah. It was not. It was not like it was a, a solid work, right? Or, or a comic series. It was actually strips inside of the larger uh, anthology book 2000 AD. No way. Um, uh, you know 2000 AD because they uh, have um, Judge Dredd. Ah, Judge okay. Dredd's a big property to come out of 2000 AD. So. He was known, but he wasn't really super famous yet. You know, um, V for Vendetta really hadn't quite reached its cult pitch at that point. He comes over to DC, and there's kind of like this conversation, uh, depending on which source you get your information from. Right. um, Either the editor at the time really wanted him to take this book, or I've also heard that the editor was like, look, you're Alan Moore. We know what you can do. Let's mm-hmm. show the rest of the world. What do you want to do? And he was like, I'll take Swamp Thing. And they were like, well, you can't fuck it up anymore. I like that. So so, it, it, so the truth is somewhere in between now. Don't you mean you can't fuck it up, Alan Moore? No. <laughs> uh, so the truth is somewhere in between that. Anyway, he starts his run and he completely throws out everything the previous author did. Right. As people will hear in a moment when we do our brand new plot run through format. Uh, the first issue really doesn't match the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first issue was just Alan tying up all the loose ends, right, and getting his ball rolling, right. You know, now some uh, some noteworthy things to know about this. Uh, he created the concept of the green, yes. Created the concept of the Parliament of Trees, yes. And this was the first mainstream comic to disregard approval by the Comics Code. That I did not know. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's good. Damn the man. Let the comics be free. If we still had the comics code, we wouldn't have Saga. We wouldn't have majority of the adult yeah. books that there we was, read. There was plenty of smaller books, smaller publishers that weren't doing it, but Marvel and DC were, were still abiding by mm-hmm. it because it, it was kind of seen as as you kind of had to go with it to get the respect for enough respect for your book to keep it selling. Right. And, uh, and the Vertigo imprint really was trying to pull away from that. And so, uh, Swamp Thing was really one of the, the first books to to do that, so they they really started that whole uh, the downfall right. of the the comics code that really limited the kind of stories you could tell in comic books. So now we're going to try a brand new format um, instead of doing our usual plot breakdown. Davis has actually prepared notes like an adult. I think Davis did more work on this particular one book than he's done in the last year for the show. Uh, Correction, Michael. I've done more work on this book than I have since we started the podcast. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I no, don't know. You you did a lot of work for the uh, the year in review show. There are uh, no. I spent more our, time on our this trades. I, I I spent more time on this than I did on the year on maybe not both of them combined, but at least the years in review. I've done more work getting this together and articulating each issue on this one, listeners. 
Let us know how you like this. I had a lot of fun doing this. Um, uh, so I'm going to probably tinker with this and continue to do this for a minute. And if you guys like it, well, that kind of like builds my ego up a little more. And I have, you know, more things to, you know, say and everything. It makes me feel good. And it shows that it proves to Mike that I'm not just like, you know, the face and a little bit of the talent in this thing. Build up Davis's ego because there's only so much tearing down I can do. Right. If it's already on ground floor, there's not much more damage I can do. So it's bedrock. As, as you build him up, I can tear him down more. So help me. Help you, help you help me, help me destroy Davis. Don't you mean tear him down Alan Moore? No, I don't. I fucking don't. Okay. So, we are going to set a timer. One minute per issue. And Davis is going to run through the plot points for all of this. Davis, mm-hmm. you ready to give this a go? Let's try. Let's do this. Okay, you have a five second lead in. All right. And then eight one minute rounds. Okay. Oh, that's the go? Oh, shit, my bad. Uh, short story, Alec Holland got exploded one day, and due to that and some chemicals, became the mystic plant guardian, the Swamp Thing. First issue, we are introduced to Swamp Thing, standing over the freshly dead enemy, Arcane. Next, we have the couple, Lizbeth and Dennis, who looked like they either got into a car accident and had sex, or found an abandoned car and decided to bump uglies. Their lovers and all of Dennis's plans for them, do not or for them to get together, are not in her plans. Final couple is Matt and Abby. Uh, from their conversation, Matt has been taking to the bottle to cope with this quote, nightmare, end quote, within him, uh, he's learned to control it. Uh, the government, led by General Sunderland, is after all swampy, and after some helicoptering, a motel getting blown up, and Swamp Thing getting shot at a bunch, he eventually falls victim to a bunch of bullets. Ooh, 15 seconds to spare. Take your breath, Davis. All right. All Everybody right. get all that? We got Swamp Thing. We got a shadowy organization. We got some of the main players. We're going to move into issue two in three, two, one. Issue 2, Jason Woodrue, also known as the Floronic Man, is basically taken out of jail on a weird work release program under General Sunderland to dissect and study the Swamp Thing. He's also plant-like, so it makes sense. Uh, He dissects, studies, and uses a semi-unrelated anecdote about planarians to determine that Alec Holland, who was Swamp Thing before Swamp Thing, is no longer the real Alec Holland and just a hollow plant piecing together his past in order to seem, quote, human, end quote. Uh, After presenting his findings to Woodrue, is dismissed by Sunderland and told he will go back to jail. Woodrue shuts off the cryogenic system, keeping Swampy sedated, and he defrosts faster than a bag of peas left in your car on a summer day. Swamp Thing quickly kills Sunderland and finds out about this tragic state of him being a golem, while Woodrue sips a glass of wine and has a typical Alan Moore reflective monologue. Still 15 seconds under. Good job. Take your breath. Take your breath. Here we go. What was that word you said that I didn't know? Golem? Yeah, plenary. Plenarian. Plenarian. Yeah, plenarian. Too bad. Out of time. Swamp Thing has returned to the Louisiana swamps as he's rooted into the ground to slowly recover from his psychological trauma of finding out that he is not really him. Matt and Abby find him in a vegetative haha, state and are interrupted by Woodrue, who wants to continue to observe Swamp Thing. Uh, while that is going on on the outside, Swamp Thing is going through his life in a weird reflective daydream acid trip as he experiences his life as Alec Holland again. Abby slowly starts to realize that Matt still has his weird power, but mostly he uses it to summon holographic strippers. Uh, Alec continues to, through his existential crisis, watching his wife die, all, all somehow keeping his humanity intact by personified as a human skeleton he beats people with. Woodrue eats a yam grown off the swampy and through additional science becomes connected to the green, the spiritual force that connects all plant life. Again, 45 seconds on the dot. Take your breath. Um, vegetative state, that was kind of insensitive. I like it. Thank you, Davis. Um, 
also you eating the eating the weird yam organ thing that was disgusting yeah it was it was weird it was a weird time this one this might be a little short so i might slow down Issue four, Swamp Thing wakes up from his coma and finds a nasty-looking heart-like plant that is connecting Woodrue to the green. Uh, Woodrue kills some teenagers and then goes into town and starts you know, killing more people. Uh, he has a person record it and then sends it to the police in the town over, Morgan City, the bigger city, to let the world know the reign of man is over and it's time for plants to rule the world. Uh, Swamp Thing saves Abby while Woodrue continues just to kill people, and then Swampy gets pissed and decides to go after Woodrue. Okay, so for these 30 seconds... I love the fact that he goes to Morgan City. Like yes. he he has power to go to any major metropolitan area yes. and cause havoc. And he goes to the bustling metropolis that is Morgan City, Louisiana. Well, the swamp where my band once tried to play a show at a roller rink, only to find out the show was never actually booked by the time we got there. So we just stopped at a weird truck stop sex shop and laughed at dildos for forty five minutes and then went home. I believe it's because the average American can't pronounce Thibodeau, which would be the larger city because there is a university there. Yeah, that's true. Issue 5, the Justice League sees the tape on their outer space hideout and try to find a way to stop the Floronic Man, who is solely over-oxygenating the air to kill children and the elderly first, and then eventually everyone else by setting the air on fire. Swamp Thing meets with Up and Woodrow and they fight. Swamp Thing gets knocked out while Abby and an old dude in the town decide to take him on. The Justice, the Justice League can't think of what to do, so the old dude grabs a chainsaw, named Evangeline, to hopefully cut him down to size. He fails. Just as Woodrow's about to chop Abby into bits, Swampy stops him and tells him that he's hurting the green. After a small guilt trip and science lesson about photosynthesis, Woodrow sees he's acting like a man and not in accord with the plant nature. He realized the plants could survive without man, so the plants back down. Yes, I wonder, will your people? With that crisis averted, Swamp Thing accepts he's no longer Alec, but he is happy and returns to Swamp. Woodrow goes to Arkham. We got 10 seconds left. Um... If the air is flammable, wouldn't that burn the plants? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, he, he didn't really get to like a, like a phase two on that. Not at all. Issue number six. Some dude with red eyes keeps on talking in cryptic shit and tries to buy an Ouija board from a pawn shop. Is he the devil? No idea. Meanwhile, Abby and Swampy are frolicking in the swamp, and we start to see how her and Matt's relationship is on the rocks like a drink that Mike would make for himself. Abby starts her job at a home for autistic children and meets a boy named Paul who's obsessed with spelling things correctly. Little do we know, his parents summoned a demon spelling things incorrectly on a Ouija board and were killed while he was in the other room. Red Eye Guy goes to an auction because Walmarts didn't exist, and he really needs a Ouija board and continues to creep people out with his cryptic nonsense. Abby and Matt talk about feelings, and Matt is even more of an asshole than before. While Red Eye Guy summons the incantation uh, of Paul's parent, the incantation Paul's parents used to summon a demon. His name is Chimera, like Alvin. The cryptic shit the Red Eye Man said previously comes true when a dude gets stabbed to the chest by a swordfish that was inappropriate or improperly secured to the top of someone's car. He knows Abby by name and calls her out of the accident, revealing himself to be Jason Blood. Well, you only have five seconds left, but we'll come back to that Chimera point later. Issue 7. Swampy and Abby are running to the swamp to her place of employment because whatever the fuck creature killed the kid's parents is still out there and out for blood. Speaking of blood, Jason Blood knows Abby's maiden name is Arcane. Call back to the guy killed in the beginning of the book. They're related. Earlier that day, Abby is attacked by a naked child that lives in the Autistic Children's Center, and we see how children in institutionalized homes in the 1980s were treated. All the kids keep on drawing a picture that looks similar to the creature that was killed that killed Paul's parents. Abby and Matt still aren't getting along due to Matt's jealousy, alcoholism, and general shittiness she leaves at night to go with swampy to fight whatever is haunting these kids fun fact it feeds on fear once the demon appears an equally demonic demonic hero etrigan uh, appears and starts fighting the creature matt drives drunk and gets into a car accident because the night can make a man braver but not more sober okay 10 seconds left 
one more issue, right? Yep, final issue. There we go. You're doing, you're doing it's, good. This is a long one. This is a long one. You're doing good. You're doing good. Super Bowl, baby. Final issue, big-ass demon fight with Etrigan the Demon, also known as the Monkey King at some point, and Swamp Thing himself. The demon keeps on shape-shifting into things that everyone fears, and Swamp Thing helps Abby escape with Paul. Matt talks to a fly while dying. That's not the weird part. While Swampy is fighting a demon, Etrigan finds Abby and Paul and starts to make and starts to wax poetic about how since Paul is basically the master of the Monkey King, he needs to die for it to go away. Swampy ain't having none of that and hits him with a tree. Etrigan chops off Swampy's arm, but he attaches it and it grows back in place. Meanwhile, Matt is losing blood and apparently the only way to not die is to eat the fly is talking to still not the weird part the monkey king catches up to paul and abby and confronts paul showing no fear and cutting off the creature's power it quickly shrinks down to the size of a mouse and etrigan eats it bones and all in the end everyone goes home we find out jason blood from earlier is etrigan and matt is now magically headed in magically healed and his car is fixed the end four three two one Good job, Davis. All right. So, folks, if you uh, that was too quick for you, thankfully, at least on iTunes, you can slow it down. If eight minutes is still too long for you, you could speed it up or just skip Davis entirely and listen to the parts where I talk. But for real, give us feedback. I want to know. How, I want to know what y'all think. Greg, nobody asked you. But yeah, rather than beat you over the head with the plot like we have been, we're trying something new. Uh, so let us know what you think. But it's a good lay of the land for Swamp Thing. I, I, I will say, uh, did I get that right? Etrigan? Etrigan? Uh, Etrigan I, I, is how most people pronounce it. Okay. It's not Etrigan, I'll tell you that much. Okay. So you see you're still close. Uh, do you like how he speaks in rhyme? I didn't notice that. Etrigan can only speak in rhyme. Huh. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. So let's let's jump into some of the themes of this book and start, start breaking some stuff down. All right. Um, really the first thing I want to talk about is Alec Holland's separation from humanity. Yes. So up until Alan Moore taking over the story, Alec Holland was in a, an accident. So mm-hmm. d- depending on which era of Swamp Thing you're reading, his origin was read on a couple of times, but basically the point of it depend doesn't matter who caused it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the earliest iteration, it was a jilted ex lover of his, right. Love interest in the modern, quote unquote, modern version um, by Len Wein. It was uh, a shady organization that was mm-hmm. trying to get his research. Yeah. Uh, either about this, way. About this plant growth format. E- quick question. Yes. Quick question. Yes. From the beginning, has it always been Alec Holland? No. Okay. Um, it has always been close to that. Okay. There, there, are, there are more, uh, I, I believe, if Greg looks at the Wikipedia of Swamp Thing, uh, you pull it up real quick. Uh, I believe the original name was Alan Holland or something along those lines. Okay. But there's there's a lot of very similar names depending on the iterations of okay. Swamp Thing. Because I know in the uh, in the 2000s one we read that there was a previous Swamp Thing and he was like a World War II pilot. Yeah. So Greg's, Greg's got it pulled up. I have here Alex Olsen, Alex Holland, Albert Holler, something like that. It's a German name. Tefe Holland, Alan Hallman, Aaron Haley, and Calbraith Rogers. So, so basically, how this ended up being um, retconned was mm-hmm. uh, we mentioned the green, which is the the kind of the force of plant life, like like um, 
like midichlorians. Kinda. I I I, I, I didn't want to do do like the Star Wars thing, but like <laughs> you said, doo doo. But yeah. um, uh, so yeah. so so yeah, kind kind of like in Star Wars, there's this force. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there are these different, uh, almost like energies. Right. In in the world, you have. The green, mm-hmm. uh, which, which is which is, is all plants, it's and all junk. plant based. The right. red is animals. Yes, uh, it was later built out to include the rot. Yes, it's built out to include the gray. Like there's a bunch of different ones, um, but no, the blue yet, right? I don't think so. Okay, but anyway, uh, but it so is basically, it is basically like all plants are connected somehow, way, shape, or form. Yes, they're interconnected by this green, this right. force. Yes, uh, and there is a governmentary organization basically there's a, a council of elders if you will mm-hmm. called the parliament of trees right because trees are the best green that's out there well here's the thing tree trees are trees are longevity is why yes that's the whole point is that they're, they're, they're these massive old you know like redwoods and oaks and, and trees right. that have been around for centuries kind of kind of deal. right basically they elect an avatar to protect the force mm-hmm. they so so the swamp thing is the avatar that protects the green and yes. there have been avatars before alec holland right and they become part of the parliament yeah. of trees after an extended period of time yeah, it's, correct? it's it's not like yes exactly once well not, nece- not necessarily but that's how swamp, it has happened before things right? swamp things end up having the potential to become the parliament of trees mm-hmm. so the parliament of trees are always previous avatars because they have the you know abilities and knowledge of humans while right. also having knowledge of the green having protected it so it's kind of like electing a, a veteran as a political leader okay you know, they, they they have experienced some sacrifice they've experienced some loss so they understand the, the the decisions they're making for the overall green itself gotcha so it's a bunch of plant-based john mccain's kind of all right only they don't have arms so technically they can't raise their arms above their head either so okay but uh not all previous avatars become the parliament of trees you got to be like like one of the the primo, you know, one, one of the really good ones. Because sometimes you just become an avatar and then you start shit in the bed. Right. Like you you're know? not you're not a good swamp thing. You're yeah. a swamp you know, dingus. Not a, not every draft pick turns into a Hall of Famer. Right. You know? RG three. Man, he had a bunch of injuries. It's not really his fault. Yeah, I know. What well, swamp things can have injuries. Not really. You had a good yeah, point. No. Uh, anyway. But, but anyway. so th- there is the green and then, yeah. you know, so, and, so basically, and Animal Man is also for the red, right? Yeah, that, okay. but, but that's, that's, that was later built out. Uh, right. Anyway, the, the point is that this event, he, yes. he, there was an explosion in his laboratory mm-hmm. uh, and he was doused in this plant growth formula that he'd been working on. Yes. And the whole point of the plant growth formula was to help with rainforest regeneration, mm-hmm. to help with, uh, uh, Famine right. stricken areas right. to, to to help the world and humanity have access to plants as they needed. Right to build that strip of trees over in Africa to prevent the Sahara from taking over the continent. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, so he's doused in the chemicals. Mm-hmm. He's also burning. Yes, you know. So he jumps into the swamp, mm-hmm. and the chemical growth formula plus the the trauma that would have killed him plus the green growing turns him into the swamp thing in the original iteration right but alan moore bills out the green also seeing an opportunity to find an avatar because they had a human a member yep. of the red mm-hmm. who was already very in tune with the green yes so so they saw it as an opportunity yes um, and and a actual uh you know literary a baptism by fire literally yeah. and then getting baptized in the swamp itself yeah, ba- baptized a, by that that bayou juice yes b- by the bayou juice 
Oh, you seen that video of that dude drinking the bourbon juice? Yeah. Uh, if anybody's familiar, I mean, I'm sure you, you all have seen on TV. New Orleans has a very popular uh, touristy street called Bourbon Street. Yes, sometimes women show their uh, unmentionables for beads. No, that is not how the entire city operates. Usually, there are those are tourists showing and throwing. Yes. Um, the locals usually don't get involved at all. But no, anyway, not at all. Uh, this road is notorious for partying. There is uh, spilt alcohol. There is a lot of foot traffic. There's mm-hmm. vomiting. There's cigarette butts. There's drugs. There's uh, used, there's used bodily condoms fluids sometimes, as well. unfortunately. Um, uh, uh, so the the way New Orleans operates, unfortunately, we are below sea level. We are sinking constantly. Mm-hmm. So our roads develop pits and holes where some water can can collect. And on this street, the water that we call bourbon gravy is usually horrific it's disgusting gr- you it's don't gray you don't wear an open-toed shoe if you can wear a uh like a galosh right. pair of galoshes to bourbon street i'd recommend it it's gross but there's a video circling on the internet of somebody scooping a cup of that and drinking it uh. as of my yeah you can see greg's reaction uh. as of my my last check-in on reddit he is not dead yet but i just believe that's because science hasn't been able to diagnose exactly what it is yet yeah. they haven't named it right they're gonna probably name it after him oh, whatever probably. whatever he ends up dying of yeah but anyway so in the previous iterations swamp thing alec holland's body badly damaged yes. the 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 biorestorative formula that's the word i was looking for biorestorative formula that's yes. the phrasing i was looking for it was buried in my head somewhere that plus the swamp juice and all that mixed in there together and that is what uh kind of saved him really if it had just been his own body he would have died from the the damage right Uh, what we find out in this story like you said in your recap is no his body is completely destroyed yes uh his body is destroyed um actually during woodrue's uh examination and autopsy of him he's like okay here's the lungs boom well they're just these hollow plant things here's his liver it's this weird dense plant thing yeah and we find his body ended up because he didn't have any other mm-hmm. operating system, basically his consciousness entered into this now entirely plant-based avatar body. Right. And knowing not what else to do, right. it fashioned a body out of the plant, which is why he is an avatar of the green. Why is he humanoid? Yeah. There's no need for that. So mm-hmm. his operating system built, you know, he's got a giant sweet potato for a liver and his, right. his stomach is a large kidney bean or whatever, you know, but basically he just, he just built well, first of all, his kidneys would be kidney beans, but I get what you're saying. The fact that it's, it's going off of this, like, I don't know what else to do. So I guess I'm supposed to have lungs. Yeah. I guess mm-hmm. I'm supposed to have a skeletal structure. Um, uh, and then even in the later issues, he's like, he's walking on the floor of the swamp, which is surprisingly clear and see-through. Um, uh, he doesn't have to breathe. He's like, yeah, I, I've given up the burden of breathing right now. I don't need to. He, he was just, he ended up just doing it. Right. And it wasn't actually necessary for him. Um, and, and th- this is a big pivotal role in a uh, point in Swamp Thing's history. Right. Because up until this point, he was always a man. Yeah. He was a monster. Yeah. You know, like, um, like well, the Hulk. I was supposed to say, this, this, is a, this is an absolute Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type of situation to where he was a man and now he's this grotesque uh, abomination of a man. Yeah, but now he's not even that anymore. No, he's just the now, consciousness of a man wh- whatever, in a different body. Whatever little bit of humanity he was holding on to has been taken away from him by the um, the, uh, the laboratory mm-hmm. that had kind of captured him. 
Right. But basically, they, they wanted to, to make like a, I think it was like a Swamp Thing army or some kind of nonsense. Usually Something that's like what that. they want to do. That's you know? what, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kind of uh, figure out what made him Swamp Thing. And, and that's what he ends up learning is that, no, there is no humanity. There is, no. you know, he, there is no skeleton underneath all of that. Right. Well, there is no physical humanity. However, because it, there's something you touched on earlier, him saying like, well, this is a member of the red who is now becoming a member of the green. And I think that's a really, I, I don't know if that's come up at some point in time, but that is a unique way that the avatar has to be. It's like, yeah. well, in order for us to get someone to be the avatar for the green, someone to be the swamp thing, they have to have not been an original member of the green to connect the two together and kind of like have this, um, uh, understand the balance. Yes. Understand the my. balance. Not, not, not to nitpick one of my favorite characters, yes. but my only problem is, so the avatar of the green mm-hmm. used to be a human. Yes. The avatar of the rot. Yeah. Technically mm-hmm. used to be a human. Uh, the avatar of the gray was a human. Mm-hmm. The avatar of the red. Mm-hmm. Also a human. Hashtag God's plan. So like the, I get it because that's how we relate to yeah. stories where humans reading books. Yeah. But the, it, it, it only, it only throws a wrench when you think too hard about having your, uh, your avatar come from a different, uh, force mm-hmm. so that they can understand balance. Right. You know, the avatar of the, the only difference is that well, you like, like, okay, just not have to touch an animal man too quickly, but he's kind of like an animorph that doesn't animorph. Right. He, he can access the different animals. So he's like, okay, well I have the power of a gorilla right now. You know, that's what he reaches out into the, into the yeah. red and finds that or I'm um, going to jump like a flea. I, I guess the only, the only thing about that is having a human reach out and I have the power of, you know, the, the, the world's best power lifter who can still get his ass whooped by a gorilla. So right. like, I get it that humans are pretty, a pretty shitty animal. If you're really going to try and, and take a power to supplement you. In a, in, a, in a battle situation or in a in a dangerous situation, so mm-hmm. I, I I get that we, we can walk that through. Yeah. Anyway, there there's no gunman, so yeah, yeah, I get it. So so you you talked about his like his dream sequence, right? Yes. That was yes. that was a really interesting issue because this is where he's processing. Like mm-hmm. he he's gone back to the swamp, he's laid down, and he's just started growing into the swamp. Right. It's it's like when you don't growing take care, yams too. Like when you don't take your take care of your flower bed. Yeah. Like it just it just starts to grow over. And that's exactly what he, did. he just like, he just laid down and quote unquote died. It's like I don't need this body anymore. I'm not human. Yeah. There's no reason to have this body. And he he's in in the green. He is exploring his own memories of all this. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned him carrying around his skeleton. Yeah. That was the the last shred of humanity because even as a monster, mm-hmm. at the deep core, he believes there's still some human left in him. Right. And this has kind of broken him in that he's completely lost that. He's completely lost that concept. There's one point where he actually says goodbye to his previous wife. Yep. Because he's holding a skeleton. He says, I'm sorry, I can't carry both of you. Yeah, and all he can really do is just carry this last shred of humanity left with him. And then that is completely absorbed. Yeah, well, well, that's the thing. He finally realizes that, no, he can't keep carrying this. And that's when he ends up laying down Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, quote, unquote, dying. Right. Um, and then the first time he wakes up, which is interesting, I don't think the, the whole point Alan Moore's trying to say is that even Swamp Thing doesn't realize this is that Swamp Thing wakes up when Abby is calling for his help. Yeah. There still is humanity in him. Mm-hmm. He's just not willing to, to, I guess, recognize it yet. But one of my favorite lines 
in the entire book. Davis, can you open it up? Because I, I want you to, to 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 do your little magic on it. Is it post? Um, uh... No, it, it's after the dream sequence. When he wakes up with Abby. Oh, sure. Not like romantically wakes up with Abby. Like she, she, she. Things are going wrong with the Floronic man, and she runs for his help. And basically, he's like, "Shit, I didn't want to get up, but now I got to get my friggin' house in order." So great page because it's it's pretty much two page spread. Not it's not a spread in that it's one image across two pages, but it's two pages of art, almost no dialogue. Yes. But Alec finally wakes up. Swamp Thing gets up. Alec, no. Not Alec. And the swamp thing walks. And the woman follows. She doesn't want to be out on her own. Yeah, he, he wakes up and he's like, okay, I'm here, but he's completely given up the concept of being Alec Holland. It's like, that's gone. It's done. I'm not Alec Holland. I'm never going. Whatever hope he ever had of turning back into Alec Holland is gone. It's gone. It's done. It's done. He's not that anymore. Mm-hmm. He's now kind of accepted this... Uh, this this fact that he is just green yeah and it's interesting you you've read rot world oh dude um, um, yeah we're yeah. probably not going to cover that one on the show so we can just say it now uh davis and i highly recommend it future greg when he actually gets around to reading it because he knows everything i recommend to him is awesome uh Pretty also much, yeah. future Greg recommends it uh it, it really delves into that idea of him Again, actually trying to overcome some of that hell on humanity where he finally learns how to use his body and not hold it as a human shape. You can do some cool shit with it. Bro. You know, do some new stuff. And and that run, New 52, really did some great stuff. And how he was able to, you know, he, he shows up with these giant, like, branch antlers and he's got wings made of, made I of did, like, delicate I didn't want to hashtag bug. spoiler alert with the wings, but yeah, he, motherfucker yeah. grows wings. Does all kinds of awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, one one cool thing to note, one of the things I love about Swamp Thing is that scene, the no, not Alec, is where uh, we first start to see the modern iteration of Swamp Thing's speech pattern develop. Yeah, these very just short sentences with some pauses in between. Yeah, it's it's almost like he is struggling to find the words. Mm-hmm. Like he he's given up his humanity. So English is not his language anymore right it's almost like english is a second language and he's out of practice with it so he has to think to find the word and he right. has to force this body that he's given up on of being human to make these human sounds right because like, a plant wouldn't speak in english right like like after after that whole thing uh, there's this he's uh when he finds the giant beating heart mm-hmm. uh, and that's woodrue is tapped into the green it's just woodrue's taproot woodrue who is Woodrue? Did I know him once back in the red world? Just this. Yeah. If, short sentences. If you're trying to read it as uh, from from a, an MLS uh, MLA format, uh, it's going to really bother you because there's a lot of ellipses. Mm-hmm. But it's it's to emphasize the pause while he's trying to like find the word. Right. Uh, and, and it's a very interesting speech pattern. And it's one thing I do love about DC always did it, uh, giving their characters the appropriate style of their speech bubbles. Right. When to this day, whenever you see an orange speech bubble with an ellipses in it, you know who it is. That death swamp time. It's always that death swamp time. Kind of like Thor when he has mm-hmm. it, all, the uh, the actual font or the types the typeface is that special like you know kind of has little mm-hmm. little flips to it and everything. And 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 the the great thing about this is. Um, so he loses his humanity, but 
in the very next story, he's he, what in the Floronic Man story mm-hmm. and in the the story of Etrigan at one point refers to the beast as a jackanape, which is a not a derogatory term as far as I could find on the internet. If Greg right. wants to fact check that, he can. I actually Googled that as well. No. Yeah. Are you ready for today's fun fact of the day? If Davis has the facts and Greg checks them. So at work the other day, Mike and I were having a sidebar in the um uh in, in the, the the utility closet or the the the, the supply closet. Yeah, no, it's basically Mike tells me, Davis, why are you doing this right now? You're you're such a better manager than this. You need to do better than this. I'm not disappointed. I'm just mad. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's usually how that works. Uh, he he gave me a piece of a pocket dictionary we found on the ground, and guess what? One of the words was yeah, jackanape. That's weird. Ah, uh, it's. It's a sign. It's a sign, man. Origin English in ape, and so uh, and Jack Napes. Interesting. Yeah, it's Jack and ape. Jack Nape. Jack a Nape. Dated an impertinent person. Archaic. A tame monkey. Yeah. So so it's it's a lot of things. I just like the term because the show's Jacks of Trades, and he called it a Jack and Nape. So I was like, ah, okay, cool. But anyway, um, in the in those two stories, the Pharaonic Man and the the Jack and Ape story, the demon, mm-hmm. um is where he's kind of developing his humanity back. It's interesting. He kind of finds his place as a protector because he is he's an entity of the green. But ultimately, the green supports the red. Yeah. Plants make oxygen. Yeah. Animals breathe oxygen. Absolutely. Plants make food. Yeah. Animals eat food. It he he without really rationalizing, mm-hmm. he just kind of steps into this role of of protector and balancer. You know, He's protecting these humans, and some of it is is leftover sentimentality for Abby that he's trying not to, you know, deal with right. too much. He's trying to, you know, reject it a little bit. Well, this is kind of the the same thing that we have with um uh, him using Abby as an analogy for humanity mm-hmm. or humans in kind. Yeah. The same way that we have Superman using Lois Lane as and his parents and his mother mm-hmm. as an analogy for it, mankind it, it's a in general. a connection to humanity when when they, you don't have enough of it yourself. Absolutely. Uh, and, and and the interesting the, the cool thing, you know, you can look at the Floronic Man story and really tie into the environmental part of it, right. which we're going to talk about in a second. Yeah. But I love how Alan Moore backed it up with a story that is nothing to do with the green. Right. It involves only humans, yep. ones already in vulnerable positions because they are I, I'm not very up to date on the terminology, so I'm, I'm going to try and delicately walk through this. They have on spectrum related issues. So they have uh, most of them in the facility have autism or some form of mm-hmm. on spectrum diagnosis to an extreme extent. So right. they are difficult to deal with. You know, uh, I, I was recently watching a documentary. I don't know what the platform was because I watched my wife was watching it on our fire stick. So okay. it could have been Amazon. It could have been Netflix. It could have been Hulu. It could have been, could have been bootleg HBO. for all it, we know. It could have, you know, there's a lot of different things I have on my, my mm-hmm. fire stick, but it was, it was about these kids. You know, what do you do when you have a, a teenage boy who through no fault of his own, just science, just, just, just how nature works has enough, hormones enough development to be physically stronger than his younger sibling and now can't control angry and violent outbursts right you know or or has a has a caretaker in a a a mother who might be smaller or a father Mm -hmm. even who might be weaker or older who can't defend himself as well because there's that age gap yep you know they they still have to this day 
these kind of, you know, they need these facilities to take care of these people. You need to retrain their behavior because they can't safely interact with society. They can have these violent outbursts Mm -hmm. that are pretty much out of their control just by the way they're wired. And they can be to a certain extent, um, you know, rehab, just just like an injury. Right. There, There is certain rehab techniques. So very vulnerable people that, that Alec is coming to, well, now Swamp Thing is coming to the defense of, uh, it involves the demon Etrigan, mm-hmm. it involves Abby, and it involves this, this jackanape, this little demon monkey. There's not a plant issue anywhere in there. No, not at all. You know, but something, and, and it's not exclusive. I refuse to say it's exclusively Abby. There is some sentimentality there, but right. realistically, you know, he, he really goes to bat in this situation. In a situation he doesn't really need to be involved in. Yeah, that's, at all. That, that, that's, that's the, not the his only, realm. Exactly. It's, it's not like, connection it's is not like the monkey is tormenting the and endangering the plant life in the swamp. No, not at all. You know, and it's not even directly endangering Abby. Mm-hmm. It's it's directly endangering these children that Abby is caring for. It, well, the, the this vulnerable group of individuals in which mm-hmm. Abby herself, it was the 80s, so pretty much majority of females in comics were vulnerable people. They're the, the, the reason that a lot of these you know all these male characters were even doing anything. Not to spoil anything, folks, but if you're reading Saga the Swamp Thing, buckle up, take the ride for the next 20, 30 years. Uh, some really cool stuff happens with Abby that no longer makes her the, the help, help, weak female... You know, sidekick right. that motivates the male hero. Oh yeah, no the uh, the, the book, especially in the Rot World series, dude. The Rot she, World, Rot World event. Is, it's technically a crossover it's event. It's so good. She she gets pretty fucking cool. She chops her hair off and gets a motorcycle. It's fantastic. I I, I meant more than that, but well, no, no, I'm, that's, I'm not that's, spoiling. That's, it. that's the start. Yeah, that's the start. It, that is very cool. Right. Having a motorcycle and and a cool short haircut mm-hmm. is is very stylish. But the 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 whole point is that it, it's very interesting that. Once he loses a lot of this humanity, mm-hmm. you know, and, and obviously it's the writer doing this, but the story he's trying to tell, I'm not very well versed in the previous writer's work. Right. But there, it was more of like a monster of the week kind of thing. It wasn't right. quite this big overarching thing. And Alan Moore is really trying in telling his story to, to Harkin, Alec is taking away, or uh, Alan is taking away his humanity mm-hmm. while immediately grounding his humanity in the fact that he is a protector. He's a protector right. of not only the green, but also right. of humanity, of the red. That's where he gets his humanity. His lost humanity is only lost in the sense that he no longer has the physical body left over. Right, but he is still a protector. He is still the one that, you know, is, well, protecting the green and therefore protecting humanity mm-hmm. by protecting the green. Which, again, as you mentioned earlier, yeah, um, oxygenate all of the plant life, uh, oxygenate the whole world, light it on fire, that destroys all the plant life. Dummy, what are you well, doing? I will say it wouldn't destroy the algae. I was about to say, can you imagine if like the Parliament of Trees, it was just the cl- the colloquial algae where it's just this weird hive mind? Not the point. So that's that's the gray actually, but the the, the gray has like a uh, a kind of like a hive mind thing going. Well, they're fungi, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, we'll, but we'll but anyway, that. uh, so um, that's but but that that's the interesting thing is that. At a certain point, the Parliament of Trees is a physical group of trees in the world that you can walk up to, and if the Avatar is not there, you can chop them down. Yeah. Yeah, if the Floronic Man is going to light the air on fire, and those trees are out of the water because they're trees, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Floronic Man's really short-sighted. You yeah. know how villains are. Speaking of Floronic Man, worst name ever. Hey. Definitely definitely going off of the Bionic Man we're gonna, idea of things. We're, we're, we're going to get back to him in a minute. Um, but I kind of want to transition the humanity part into the environmentalism. Oh, yeah, that's where I was going with this situation. one. Kind of situation. The, 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 yes, the, the overarching environmentalism aspect of this whole thing definitely comes into play with the Floronic Man arc well, that we have y- here. You have to remember, if you've read any other Alan Moore, it's all, you know, V for Vendetta has a very, uh, by modern standards, I, I don't know exactly what the standards would be by the 80s, but by mm-hmm. modern standards, a very liberal, left-meaning, left-leaning kind of yeah. kind of bend to it. Environmentalism falls under that, that kind mm-hmm. of category. You know, Al- Alan Moore tends to have a much more the modern definition of progressive. You know how at one point Republicans were basically at all democratic ideals. and yeah. you know, So I, I don't exactly know what the politics were like at that particular time when he's right. writing his, but by modern standards, he is a very left-leaning, very liberal, uh, has a very um, socially conscious kind of, kind of messages usually built into his writing. So it's not surprising to see the environmental issue here. Uh, but one thing... I love about it, and Greg will definitely get this reference. Uh, there is an a, a song by a band that we love very much called August Burns Red, and there is a a song. There's a line in there. August Burns Red is a is a band of Christians. They are not a Christian band, but sometimes Christian themes end up in their music. Mm-hmm. Just like if you are um, if you are heterosexual, you will sing music. If you're singing romantically themed music, it will be heterosexual in nature just because that is your frame of reference. Right. So they, sometimes they sing from the frame of reference of Christianity. Well, they have one song about how you appropriately talk about your faith with others. And there's a line in that song that says, no one learns from someone they hate. Damn. And the Floronic Man in this story really represents the militant environmentalist, mm-hmm. the one that you don't even want to listen to. No, not you know, at all. Be, be, because it's it's so far outside of your, you know, your understanding, your your ability to comprehend. It's so unreasonable to. It, it's like when somebody says, "Well, we have to stop using all fossil fuels to save the planet." Like, well, yeah, well, 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 there's there's so many damaging things that are going to happen. We need to safely transition to alternate forms of energy. Right. We can't just shut off the entire global economy. People will starve. People will die of disease. People will, you know, you can't sacrifice humanity for the plants and vice versa. Absolutely. You know, so and, Swamp and, Thing and is the most more... Petroleum, and they use petroleum-based oils to lubricate the windmills. Ooh. And what is petroleum from, Davis? Algae. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Plants. Thank you. Anyway, no. The green! Um, but yeah, that the, the, the whole point is... Swamp Thing has this very measured kind of explanation. Right. And, and, and the good thing is Alan Moore doesn't beat you over the head with it. He doesn't – at no point does Swamp Thing go, I was once man, but now am plant. Therefore, I understand balance. Absolutely. 
and then it's I will very say subtle. It's nuanced. That and the 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 floronic man. Whenever he finds out the for lack of a better term, the error of his ways. Uh-huh. How it was. It, the one of the lines was, "You're not acting in the accordance of plant. You're destroying things. You're doing this, and this is what man does." Yeah. And the floronic man. His whole thing was, "I'm not man. I'm more plant than man. I'm going to be like plants. 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 I'm in the green now." Yeah, the, Science. The, the, the floronic man is kind of the opposite side of the coin of Swamp Thing. Right. It is it it is a he 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 is not like an avatar of the green so he's not a completely plant-based body but he's not a human either. But the whole point is that he he's very similar to Swamp Thing in that they both have roots in the red roots in humanity mm-hmm. and then they have a more recent connection to the plant life. Okay. Um and and he you know, Alec almost has the benefit of shedding those negative qualities of humanity, that that conquering nature, that understanding of resources are limited. Therefore, I have to take. Look, plants also vie for limited resources and kill each other. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, leaves grow taller because that way they can block, they can grab more sun and the leaves underneath them can't. Right. You know, plants are naturally competitive, but right. Swamp Thing is thinking at it from an understanding of both working together, whereas the Floronic Man is just solely focused on he he is the leaf that is blocking out sunlight for, for others. He he is more of the Venus flytrap, if you will. Whereas Swamp Thing, I saw this on um that new documentary they have on Netflix, Our Planet, Our Earth or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, there's actually a plant, I believe it's in the rainforest, and it has a sweet smelling nectar. Okay. And this one particular kind of bee attracts a mate by having the most interesting perfume. So the bees go out and they find smells to, to, to get on themselves. Right. And he likes this smell. So he goes into the, the bell of the flower and slips in and the, the liquid coats him and it's very slippery on the sides of the wall. So he can't climb out. There's only one spot in the flower where he can climb out. And at that exit is where the pollen sacs are stored. Mm-hmm. And as he leaves, the pollen sacs stick to his freshly, you know, coated body, and he flies off to distribute the pollen. So whereas the Floronic Man is the Venus flytrap, just the plant eating off the, the animal, Swamp Thing is that plant in that there is a symbiotic relationship to be had here between the green and the red. Is that a pitcher plant? No, it's it, it's it's something I'd never heard of, to be honest. And, and I... I most pitcher plants are carnivorous. So right. Us- usually it's some form of like digestive enzyme in the cup that smells sweet. Yeah, some water at the bottom so they get trapped in there. Yeah, th- this this is is there's no negative ability. It's it's all it's all to encourage the bee to go near the pollen sacs to get the pollen sacs to fly away. Right. So that it can help further spread that plant. Yeah, good good old fashioned anyway, symbiosis. The point yeah. is go, go watch the show. It's a much better explanation and it looks made up. Which sh- David Attenborough involved. Yeah, oh, the walrus thing was made up though. What walrus thing? Apparently there's something about walruses jumping off a cliff. Yeah, made up apparently. Anyway, not the point. Maybe it was exaggerated or they they added more narrative than there would have been naturally. Like, like how Walt circumstances were not as portrayed as accurately as they could have been. Like anyway. how Walt Disney forced all those lemmings off a cliff. It is not that Anyway, this Walt Disney himself. Yep, he was out there with a he was out there with a shotgun, dude. Yeah. Anyway, and a push broom. That's not what our show's about. The point is, Swamp Thing has the more measured understanding. He is now 
he he represents what we're supposed to. That aligned, you know, you mentioned this line, I believe, um, in your recap. If not, you can mention it now. And and him saying that the Floronic man is using the the works of man, and mm-hmm. and everybody kind of muses on how uh, responsible Swamp Thing was, how how respectful of the balance, and he muses back. You know, would your people, yeah, do the same? Uh, it's as he's talking to Abby. The exact line is, he realized that the plants couldn't survive without man. And so the plants backed down. Yes, I wonder. Will your people do as much? Why, why does he have a voice modulator? Um, I imagine that the Swamp Thing himself is... um, uh, He has a very much lower timber. Almost kind of like a... um. Uh, is that just the rattling of like the wet plant matter? Yes. As the air passes over it. That- he is the Lorax. He speaks for the trees. Yeah, that's weird. But kind of. The thing about this Swamp Thing transitioning into to a new thing, what, what Alec Colin, uh, Alan Moore brings to Swamp Thing. The horror. The horror. All right. So as you know, I'm not a big fan of uh, scary things. That's not your genre. It's not my genre, not, not my thing. Genre. However, whatever horror aspects they have with Swamp Thing, I enjoy. You've converted me mm-hmm. to Swamp Thing. I like him a lot more than his Marvel counterpart, The Man Thing. Swampy yeah, it doesn't seem- quite as work. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work quite as well. I mean, it, it, it works as far as like, you know, uh, well, the concept of fear really plays into that and it played into the one with the, the, the jackalope and everything. Um, the Jack and Ape. Jack and Ape. But so, so the thing, the thing here. Even from that first issue of, of Alan Moore's where he's got a type loose ends, Swamp Thing has a much cleaner look, a much smoother, less uh less aggressively He doesn't look like a he doesn't look like a makeshift Cthulhu, let's put it that way. Yeah, when when he when he wakes up in that laboratory mm-hmm. and he has to rebuild his new body, mm-hmm. it's much rougher. It it, it, yeah. it looks like it's built out of plants, not like it's a a, hum, a jacked human body covered in a thin layer of moss. Right. You know. And and the the things throughout this book that, that the artist does, the the Floronic Man himself is terrifying. Yes, he he has a can of s- skin spray. Yeah, like 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 flesho spray, and flesho matic, and he sprays it on himself to basically like make this like urethane rubber coating that oh, looks yeah. human. And then at and then at the end, whenever he finally is arrested by the Justice League, he has so little left, and his and, body and, 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 is so deformed. Well, and even then, it's just it's so he, he has no time, so he sprays it on so hurriedly, and it, it it's like um, I would liken it to Men in Black when yes. the Space Roach puts on Vincent D'Onofrio's skin, like it doesn't it doesn't fit, like it's just it's like such a rush job that it's it's like he put on somebody's face over this very um like his face almost looks kind of like a uh, like a horn frog because he's got these these branches growing out of the back of his ears and yeah, he looks like a, little, a frill on the outside yeah he's got these big giant elfin like ears as well the shape changing ape monster Ooh. what so so like the when when you first see the ape the ape itself is not very scary it looks like a little no. tiny yeti Exactly. It's a little, it's tiny, it's white. Uh, all the little kids at the uh, Home for Autistic Children, um, uh, they are drawing like, it, it, it looks almost kind of like cute and adorable. Like, like ooh, 
like an in-between, like a white version of a gremlin. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Now, now this this issue did come out, This you know, mm-hmm. the individual issue that introduced that character did come out after the the 80s horror film The Thing. So there may have been some inspiration taken from there. And that, that, that little, little Cronenbergian-ness in the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah only with, with The Thing, it's more of uh, the evil hiding in plain sight. With this thing, it's... It is going to take the shape of the thing you fear the most, right? And torment you with that, and feed off your delicious, delicious fear. Absolutely, and the fact that as he is, uh, as this thing in the final confrontation with Paul, it's like taking the form of his dead mother, being like, "Paul, I love you, baby." Yeah, but, but it's like it's like a deformed head on like this weird, like long, almost like a worm. Yeah. It's, it's, tri- it's mid-transformation. Like like Elastic Man type of it's, neck as well. Oh, by the way, this all takes place in Baton Rouge. Colin Baton Rouge. Yeah, the, that's that's one of the things I don't like about this is that... Um, it hits close to home? No, I, I like that uh. it's close to home, but that... Oh, God. The the, <laughs> the city that, that Swamp Thing resides in is Homa. Like, right outside of Homa, technically. Yeah. Homa, Louisiana. But no, the point... Um, as with every other work of fiction, the creators seem to believe that things that are an hour plus apart from each other are 35 yards away. Right. You know, yeah. like, oh, we're, we're we're driving, you know, the, the chase scene starts at Algiers Point, and 30 seconds later, they're driving down Burgundy Street, and you're like, I did not pronounce that wrong, it's pronounced Burgundy in New Orleans. Yes. You can add us, I don't care. It's fine. Uh, it's, for all of you people living in New York, it's like, oh, they started this in Harlem, and then now they're in downtown Manhattan. Mm-hmm. For all you people in California, it's like, oh, look, we're in West Covina. And then 30 seconds later, we're outside of downtown L.A. And for all of you that have a problem with me saying Burgundy, uh, why don't you bring it up with Austin that calls it Guadalupe Street? Ew, they do that? Yep. Ah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, not the point. Do they say Chavez instead of Chavez? I don't care. That's, that's... Uh, one more detail about that story. This assisted living facility for socially challenged children. What fucking 80s story is putting that at the forefront as, you know, A, just just in the ability of you to understand it, and B, if they're talking about an outcast of society in mm-hmm. um, a story at that era, at least, usually that's where the bad guy comes from. Right. That's, that's the home that made Michael Myers or whatever. Right. You know, not... Those are the victims because they, they outright show Abby involved in a violent incident yes. with one of the, the patients where they wrap him up in a mattress. I thought, I think it's a, her, I think it was a, he, but they, they wrap him I don't up know, cause, in a mattress. Cause, cause it, the, 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 the chest is very nondescript. So it could be either one. The hair is kind of in between. So it could be either one. And we don't see the genitals, but the face looks kind of feminine to me. I, I don't know if this is them just being extra uh, fuck you comics well, code. Well, well, well. Did they say the name? Vince. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. I missed that detail. Anyway, it, it, for, for a second, I thought it might have just been a, a younger female. Yeah. John, we better get him into the mat in which they wrap yeah. him up in a mat. I, like, like, like the ones you lay out on the ground during karate lessons. I, I am not advocating their technique, but... I don't know what the the what your what your resources were at the time, exactly. but the eighties were a weird time. But man. they 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 even show that you know they these kids can be violent, but mm-hmm. they're still innocent. They're not it, it's not they're not deciding to be violent. That's just yeah. 
That's just unfortunately the wiring of their brain, the chemical makeup. Yeah, without and, malicious intent. Yeah, and, and and to make them the victims in this situation as opposed to the the monsters. Right. It was seems very very progressive for the time period. I don't, I don't know of many other stories in this time frame that would address that in that format. Absolutely. And then going with the 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 body change horror, uh, Etrigan, as the somewhat Hulk like character that he is. One minute, he's Jason Blood. Also, really quick, Jason Blood, Jason Woodrue. Find another first name. Um, uh, well, both of these characters predate this story. Doesn't matter. Find a new first name. What are they going to be? Jason Holland? Anyway, uh, the fact that he talks about in the last part of the issue is very much a, okay, at one point, I am Jason Blood. The other point, I'm Etrigan. And now we're having a kind of a, we have to come together on this whole thing. However, the evil side, Etrigan, is winning. Yeah, it's, it's there, there's some similarities to like um, Shazam, DC's yeah. Captain Marvel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, or um, actually, to be fair, one of the versions of Captain Marvel in Marvel Comics is, uh, who was it? Rick Jones, I believe? He would become, uh, he, he had the, the is it the Negabands, I believe? A- anyway, basically, would, would, trade places with the powerful character. The human would trade places with the powerful character. That's kind of what happens with Jason Blood and Etrigan. Hmm. You know, a more that Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde stuff too. Yeah. Um, or, or the, the, the violent drunk driving car accident of Abby's husband. Right. And then a fly comes and talks to him and says, I can fix it, but you got to eat me. And then, oh, first of all, also magically his car gets fixed as well. Yeah, dark evil magic, Davis. Do you understand? I, I don't think they had. I don't think Satan doesn't have a mechanic, but fine, whatever. I'm willing to suspend it. It's a comic, Davis. Book. The best trick the devil ever played was convincing you he didn't have a mechanic. Son of a biscuit. Yeah, but it, it even goes into the artwork. Stephen Bissett does some incredible work here. This is the era of comics that really interests me visually. Uh, like when I was reading Mike Grell's Longbow Hunters, right. This is where they're finally exploring the uh, the difference in panel structure. It's not the nine Absolutely. panel grid. It's not the. It's not just there are many different shapes. There's negative space that they they mm-hmm. use adequately. Panels don't have to be rectangles. Yeah. Now you know? now Mike actually has this in physical form, which I did not know. Uh, I read this digitally on the hoopla. Did you did you try the assisted reading format? Yes, it's not good. Your phone shape or your iPad shape is not designed it's not to fit these these panels well I, I do I do find that's the one thing I don't like about reading digitally on a smaller format mm-hmm. is if you use the assisted reading format you're constantly switching from up down to landscape to to up down to landscape to you know completely agree um now the one thing I will say is so in that specific app the assisted reading um it's almost like they scanned it once and then they just kind of let let it be at that point. However, with be. some newer comics, let it be. No, uh, yes, with some newer comics, they they some, do better scans. The, they, yeah, well, they, you can actually, it, it's not as grainy as it would a, be. But a, I have they, noticed a, that they do. In, but, well, a mm-hmm. the modern comics are using digital, right? You know, so so they have they have access to the original digital files, not just a scan of the printed artwork, right? And then b a lot of comic book artists just because that's the trend that we're going in. Mm-hmm. They tend to draw in a way that would translate to both printed medium and still be very good on the, the digital format. Now, the exception to this is I did read the first book of the new Miss Marvel run. Mm-hmm. Same issue. 
Well, the new new Miss Marvel run? Not the not the solid and Ahmed one, but the first one that came out in the um uh not Rebel Wilson. Um uh G. Willow Wilson? G. Willow Wilson. There we go. Her run as well. Yeah, but that 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 started what? Over five years ago. Uh okay. Valid art. Comic Comicsology hadn't been bought by Amazon yet at that time, if I'm correct. So it was still seen as like a this mm-hmm. probably won't take off kind All of right. thing. So may, maybe, but Okay, that I understand. But also, I get. you are right. Comicsology mm-hmm. has gotten better at the older stuff, they just kind of have to scan and put on there. Right. You know, the newer stuff, they can actually take their time because it's it's, it's not a backlog to catch up with. It's right. just like, well, I mean, it, it's massive. It's, mm-hmm. you know, a couple hundred issues a week right. in the comic world, but it's not like now we have to get all 20,000 issues of DC Comics printed in the 70s. Valid argument on that one. I will say, on the Hoopla app, reading this book, I did not do the assisted view. I liked the view the whole page. You got got a nice iPad. You can see it better that way. Also, also, uh, the double page spreads that they have, Mm -hmm. they're seamless when reading it digitally. Nice. It's wonderful. Because even if you are... The only way that it would not be seamless in doing that is if it was... Technically, there is no spine of the book. There is no seam. Yes, technically. However, the only way that if, if you had it as it was the center pages of those book, so you are able to see the full spread at that point, as that bu- full as, spread. As Bill just, Burr would say, it's got a good spread. It's got a good spread, man. It's got a good mm-hmm. spread. Um, uh, It actually translates very well in the digital version. You still have to, you know, rotate it to being, you know, landscape mode compared to portrait mode. However, it looks great. It really shows everything and kind of shows how I believe the artwork needs to be read compared to in a collected edition like this. You still have this like this weird like butt cheek level kind of just thing in the middle of it all that kind of spreads it out or does not spread it out, but like pillows it in the middle. Uh, That's very interesting because the idea of reading this on a an iPad let alone in any digital format period was not even a remote concept of science fiction at the time this was written so it's very interesting that it translates well mm-hmm. to that medium well specifically that issue like if we look at the the, the transformation of the floronic man mm-hmm. as he is tapping into the green in the physical version of it all um it does well however you, you can if you look in the middle it's kind of pierces itself together it, it doesn't really spread out as well as it would be if it was the you know original copy mm-hmm. where you had the centerfold of the whole thing well, well you have to remember a comic doesn't have a thick seam to it it's Not- a collected edition that has that thick spine that can only bend so far absolutely comic being flat paper you really can spread it out a lot easier yeah, it looks good on the screen. Yeah, it looks great it looks on, the screen. on the screen. Uh, and then going back to our favorite. So un- unlike plenty of older comics, this mm-hmm. book works very well in a digital format, guys, if you're interested. Absolutely. And then uh, our favorite our favorite words of all time, splash pages. Fantastic splash pages in this whole thing, man. Like, I there, there's the at the end of the uh, the Floronic Man arc. There's a picture of him greeting the sun to his background that I want as the background on my phone, if not a full-size tattoo on my back. I, I would like that in my living room. Right? It's just him finally embracing his reality. Absolutely. It, 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 it's it's, it's, it's almost like losing his humanity kind of freed him mm-hmm. a little bit. 
I don't know if there's anything else you want to touch in theme wise. Not I'm ready on, to get into ratings if you are. I'm well. We've already we've touched everything. We've touched author. We've touched writing. We've touched great quotes. We've, we've touched, touched each themes. other. Michael, what happens under the table does not go on the podcast. Unless Greg takes a picture of it and puts it on Instagram. Ratings. Bye. Okay. That's it. That's all I got. It's bye. A bye. It's a bye. Um, for uh, you have officially converted me to a Dat Dash Swamp Tang yeah. fan. Um, uh, this was a great story. Uh, it really hit a lot of, uh, you know, unique aspect, the environmentalism aspect of it all, uh, the body horror a little bit, as well as this is honestly a coming of age story, really, when you kind of drill down with it, because it is Alec Holland realizing his true potential, realizing himself and kind of growing, pun intended, into the man that he is supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. points. Good points. It's a buy for me as well. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I love Swamp Thing. He's one of my favorite characters of all time. I love the connection to Louisiana. I love the horror. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's a man-turned-monster story, a lot like the Hulk, my favorite Marvel character. Right. Are you sensing a trend? Anyway. Yeah, or the opposite of your life, where monster turned to man. I Yeah. Well, I well monster, monster hiding is man. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Creature. creature. That's fair. Uh, for, for Davis knows, but uh, for the listeners out there, I have a standing order at my local comic shop to put anything with Swampy in it yep. in my box. Period. 100%. Whatever it is. So, uh, love love the character. But these stories beyond just the character, they're deep, they're layered, they're nuanced, they're unsettling mm -hmm. in their themes and their visuals. There's stuff in this book that you don't even see in modern comics. Yep. This book makes some of the stuff in Gideon Falls look PG. Yep. And you know how much we loved Gideon's Falls. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So, a, a little selfish for me here. Buy this in any and every format you can. Because DC has slowed down on their printing of hardcovers, mm -hmm. and I want one. So, yeah, they're, they're not so doing Omnibuy either. Show them some sales so they might be you know, interested in printing this. Also, go watch the James Wan TV show releasing... Uh, May be, 31st. Yeah, so so the, the, the month this episode comes out, the James Wan TV show will be releasing on the DC streaming service. Yep. Go support this character so that writers are able to continue... And tell more interesting stories with this character. Show DC that we love this character. Swamp Thing, unfortunately, has moments of resurgence and then gets pushed by the wayside because he's not Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Not and at all. How And also, fun fact, filmed in Homa, Louisiana, where this story takes place. Yeah, they did good on that one. Mm -hmm. So, guys, we love this book. Go check it out in whatever format. Buy it. Support a an incredible character. Check out a, a wonderful piece of comics history. Enjoy a great story. Give Alan Moore a little bit more of a royalty check he doesn't pay attention to. Yeah, pretty much. Well, anyway, guys, thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope you like the new format. Let us know. Uh, we really appreciate all the feedback so we can kind of help make this show better for you. We are jacksoftradespodcast.com, at jackstradespod on Instagram and Twitter, facebook.com slash jackstradespod, and jacksoftradespodcast at gmail.com. Go ahead, send us a DM, Facebook Messenger, email, whatever you have. Let us know what you think about the show, what you like it. You like the new format, you hate the new format. Less Davis, less Greg. We'll definitely do less Greg if you let us. Absolutely. Uh, uh, more what? Desi. Mm -hmm. I, I mean... Maybe I don't know. Listen, no, the man the man no. doesn't say much, but whenever he says it, it's poignant. Also, if you want to let us know what your favorite type of succulent is, no, why not? Because I gross. Succulent. I, I don't like that word. <laughs>
succulent cacti. Only for this book because Swamp Thing controls succulents. He, he probably likes succulents. Absolutely. You grow, can fu- grow an aloe vera plant to help out with Greg's sunburn. Thank, thank you for interrupting me, Davis. No problem, that. fart knuckle. Jerk. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and on our website. Give the podcast a listen. Subscribe to it. Download it. Play the whole thing. Then give us a five-star review and a rating. We really appreciate those. They help us get higher up in the searches. If you like the show, somebody else might, so help them find it. Uh, we have no idea what we're going to do next show. No, not um, at all. We, we've we been enjoying a lot of these collab episodes mm-hmm. with other podcasts. We're trying to put a couple more in the works, so keep an eye out for those. Absolutely. Uh, and hopefully we just, we'll just give you some interesting content next month. We'll find out. Fingers crossed, Mike. I can convince Mike to do Transmetropolitan 3. Uh, we'll see. We'll okay. see. Anyway, guys, thank you again for joining us. I'm Mike. And I'm Davis. Have a good one. And one for the road. Like swamps, bum 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 bum. I don't like things, bum 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 bum. I just like chasing, bum 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 bum. Them big butt women, bum 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 bum. We gonna do that butt thing, bum 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 bum. Kinda like that nooky thing, bum 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 bum. We gonna do that butt thing, bum 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 bum. And we gonna make them hip swings, bum 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 bum. That's right. That's a real song, by the way. I know, but that's not what I asked for. <laughs>